Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Garden Chapel Youth Ministry Podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Peter, and with me is Jacob Rank, our pastoral intern, and we are catching you up on the Teen Sunday School class. Today, we're going to be taking a look at the topic of how to study the Bible, or the fancier word, hermeneutics, and why studying the Bible is so important. So, Jacob, let's start off by asking the question, why do teens need to care about studying the Bible, and is it really that important for them? Yes, yeah, so as I was coming up with ideas that I wanted to present to move forward with the Sunday School class, the idea of uh, Bible study methods really hit home for me because I think it's important to understand the Bible in the correct context and realizing like, oh, the Bible wasn't written for me. Like there's definitely things I can get out of it, the good applications and apply it to my life. But like I shouldn't be looking at the text and saying, what can I get out of it? Like what, what applications can I pull? Obviously, but like I should be looking at it as like, well, what did this author originally intend to say to the original people groups? Like, and so I think it's context is super important in understanding like why the Bible was written, who it was written to. And I think that's really important in understanding like the interpretation and the application is really important. And something that I know growing up, I didn't really understand until I got later on to Word of Life. And so a lot of these ideas that I was presented there, I was like, wow, I wish I'd known when I was younger. And that's why I'm trying to implement them now so the youth can understand these ideas. But yeah, definitely the Bible is, should be understood. It's not just a, oh, you should only understand it when you're older type thing. So the sooner you hit it and the sooner you understand it, the better, which is why I think this idea is so important for teens. Yeah, and I'm going to just simply add on to that is today's culture tends to take things way out of context. As you were saying, the Bible was written in time, not necessarily our time. Uh, it was written in the context of ancient civilizations, the the Israelite people uh, through their kingdoms and hardships. We see it there. We see the rise and fall of the Roman Empire through it all. It's, it's really interesting, but we have to kind of remember the authors were writing in a very specific time. Some of the events that they write about or that they're talking about do have some very helpful, meaningful influence on how we understand some of their writings. So yeah, studying the Bible is extremely important, and and for teens, you guys are going to hear misinterpretations, or you're going to hear the Bible taken out of its proper context, uh, because today the world is trying to use a lot of what what I'm going to just simply say is religious resources to throw things back into our face, because oh well you're hypocritical you don't follow all of this. The answer is yes, that's true. I'm not perfect. I can't. I can't do it all correctly. I wish I could, but the problem is I'm still battling against the sin nature. You guys are still battling with the sin nature, but that doesn't influence God's word. His word is perfect and it guides us. It's, it's there for us to help us. So we need to be very careful when we go to study it um, through our process and through our interpretation and even through application. As you said, Jacob, you know, these things we have to take time to read, to study, to think through to make sure that we're not putting our own perspective or opinion into God's word. All right, Jacob. So hermeneutics or how to study the Bible. Of course, we have some different methods and we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit, but let's talk about some of the things that are helpful about studying the Bible. What do we gain from studying it? Yeah. So the whole idea or concept behind studying God's word is to help us understand and then implement those truths of God's word into our lives. 
um, we need to come ready to read God's Word and see what the text says. And that means we don't think of our own ideas and uh, we like just add them and impose them into the text. That way we get whatever we want out of it. Um, we'd rather, like, we want to make sure that we come ready and see exactly what the text is saying first and foremost. Um, we do that by observing the text, interpreting the text, and then applying the text if it's possible. And so we need to first and foremost apply it to our own lives before we try and go out and share that with other people. And I hit on that, that it would be super hypocritical if I was coming into the Sunday school class trying to teach this stuff and I hadn't tried to apply it to my own life or hadn't even taken the time to study it. It would be all over the place. It'd be a giant mess. So we need to understand it first before we try and teach others. Um, and we kind of talked about this idea that the Bible is the absolute source of truth. And that's important to remember that there's, there's multiple sources of truth out there, whether it's the news, your friends, social media, something, but the Bible is absolute. So that everything it says is true and we need to come from a stand or a viewpoint or an idea that that is 100% true. Good. Yeah. It's not like today's media sources where you're getting some different some sides things of are stories, true, but yeah. other things are not. Yeah. Yeah. The Bible is something that is definitely we're able to rely upon. And if you ever have time, you know, look at how we got the Bible. Um, I don't know, Jacob, if that's in your lesson plans, but that's a good way to know that the Bible is trustworthy because it's been cared for and translated and copied so carefully and preserved throughout all of history that what we're finding today from like five, six, 700 BC is lining up with what we have today in today's scripture. So it's actually pretty cool um, when we see that accurately, that it's accurately translated and preserved through history. But then, like you said, an absolute source of truth, something we can rely upon. So, yeah, and we'll talk about this, I think, probably next week. But even the idea of the, uh, the Hittite people were unknown about. And so they tried to use that as an ob observation that, oh, the Bible isn't true. But then here they find archaeological evidence that they actually existed. So the Bible actually talked about them before anybody else even knew about it, which is pretty cool to think about. Same with King David. They thought King David was a fictitious Jewish leader for a long time until they actually found some historical documents and writings in a town wall about who David was and some of his battles. So, okay. So let's move from um, just some of the things we gain from studying God's word. Cause there, there's a ton of different things. And we're going to talk about that here in a little bit, but why do we study God's word as a Christian? Why did God give us his word and what am I going to gain from it? Yes. Obviously there's multiple reasons why we should study God's word or study the Bible. We uh, made a list that could have gone on for forever, but the three major points that uh, I decided to point out is that Bible study is essential to growth. And that's the first one. We used it uh, around 1 Peter 2.2, 2, uh, which talks about how like the baby longs for uh, food and like that kind of concept. So just as the baby longs for uh, the bottle uh, to sustain itself, that we should be longing for God's word because the scriptures are going to sustain our spiritual life. Uh, it should be something that we do long for, like just the same way that the baby was longing for the bottle or a baby does long for a bottle. Like that should be the same thing. We should long for the scriptures. It shouldn't be a burden. It shouldn't be something that we feel like is a chore. We should long for the scriptures. We should want to enjoy and help it to uh, grow us spiritually. Well, and it brings up the idea of Jesus in the wilderness when Satan tempts him and Jesus responds with, no, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. So that's key. It's it's dependent for us. We we need it. Jesus saw it as necessary even for his spiritual life, which is kind of weird to think about. But it, as an example for us, we definitely need it. <laughs> then, 
uh, to continue to transform us, to nourish us, uh, to help us grow. So what else? So the second point that we hit is that Bible study is essential to spiritual maturity. And we talked about this idea found in Hebrews 5 um, and kind of this idea that like spiritual maturity is based not on how much you understand, but how much you use. Because just because some of the teens or maybe even other people like they might not all grow up to be pastors, uh, you know, missionary stuff like that. But just because they're not getting all this time to understand and study, it doesn't mean that just because like that doesn't mean that they're mature. It's based on how much you will learn read it and then apply it and like, you know, put it into everyday practice. Yeah. Hebrews 5, 11 through 14. If you don't know that one, that's one of my favorite key verses. Uh, it's this idea that the mature Christian has practiced discernment by knowing what is good and evil. He's able to weigh, uh, objects and see, okay, is this actually going to be helpful or is this detrimental to me? Good or bad? Um, we actually see it earlier. If you go back to chapter four, you're going to find out that the Word of God is living and active. It pierces us uh, down to the very core of who we are, and it shows us where we need to change. And so, yeah, spiritual maturity, it's not just about knowing what's right and wrong. It's about applying it. For us, it's about turning away from evil and turning toward godliness. Okay? And then what else, Jacob? So this third and final point that I had uh, come across or decided to implement is Bible study is essential to spiritual effectiveness, which we base that off of 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17, which talks about like all scripture is inspired by God and it's used for different things, which I'll go over really quick. So, but this idea of all scripture, so it's not just the gospels, it's not just the verses that we like or tend to pick out, it's everything. So even those challenging law verses in Leviticus or the history in 1 Chronicles, anything, all scripture is God breathed, all scripture is inspired. Um, and it's also, it's profitable for uh, teaching, so it structures our thinking, it's good for rebuke, it tells both you and others where you're out of bounds, it's kind of like an umpire, we use that example, um, it's good for correction, it opens up doors in our life and provides like a purifying aspect uh, to help us clean out sin and then learn how to know God's will, and then it's also good for training in righteous living, so God used it to show us how to live, it's almost like a set of guidelines, and so the purpose of this was to be equipped for every good work. So that Bible study is the primary means of becoming a good and effective servant of Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's it's not the only step, but it's the beginning yeah. step. Uh, one of the verses I like going to for when we talk about spiritual effectiveness, again, Colossians seems like a key book here in all of our conversations, <laughs> sure. but there's so much good in it. Um, Paul is writing, of course, to an early church. He simply says, hey, I'm asking that you be filled with the knowledge of his will, of God's will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So right right there, the first part is that they need to learn more about who God is and understand his ways. Best way to do that is through God's word, but it doesn't stop there. So as to walk in a manner worthy, bearing fruit with every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So even when we do finally put the Bible into practice. We don't just stop and say, Hey, I've completed it. Mm -hmm. There's actually a continuation of growing in knowledge oh, sure. deeper and deeper. So yeah, one of those great texts for spiritual effectiveness, uh, second Timothy three, 16 through 17, memorize that it's a great one. Um, but yeah, the man of God may be thoroughly equipped or, or complete or whole is really actually the key there. That word complete just means wholesome that we're, we're ready to do every part of what God wants us to do. Okay, so let's talk about um, when we get into Bible study, 
we're taking some thoughts and opinions in with us. These are called presuppositions. These are things that we believe before we go into Bible study. There are some key things that we need to understand, especially as Christians, and hold to as true as we start this process of Bible study. Jacob, what are some of those beliefs and understandings? Yeah, so on the idea of presuppositions, it's kind of this, like, as you said, it's like the beliefs or understandings. It's something that you believe to be true without first needing or needing further proof. And I think that's important to remember is like we don't have to go back and prove these every single time. It's like if we're basing our life off of the Christian faith, like these are things that we should believe and understand and not have to, oh, every single time go back and be like, oh, well, why do I believe? So that because then it's just going to take way longer than it needs to. And we kind of use the idea of the uh, Pythagorean theorem, which we found out not everybody knows about, but the most of the teens did. Um, but a squared plus b squared equals c squared. It's something that is a fact. We don't have to go back and prove it every single time. Like, yeah, we have to solve it. And that's kind of the idea with the Bible as we interpret and apply. It, we need to understand it, but we don't have to go and try and solve or prove that Pythagorean theorem every single time. Um, so, yeah, so these ideas that we... Uh, presuppositions that we thought of the first one is like the idea of that God exists and this seems super obvious but if you think about it there's a lot of people that are out there trying to study or even disprove the Bible that don't believe that and if they don't believe that idea then they're looking at God's word completely wrong this idea that God exists is a major major uh, pinpoint for understanding God's word yeah and, and going off of that if God doesn't exist then this Bible is simply another history book it's another yeah, it's, an, it's another book just to look at. Uh, if God does exist, then what's in this book is a little bit different because it's claiming to be from God. And that means it actually has some divine characteristics or qualities to it that might make this thing stand out from some different books that we see throughout history. All right, what else? So a couple other points is like that God has revealed himself to humanity and he's done this in like, two different ways, which you'd consider general revelation, where he's revealed himself to everybody in this world, like maybe through creation or something like that, like he's visible when you step outside. Or this idea of special revelation, which I asked the teens to kind of list off their what they think is special revelation and stuff like that. I even spelled the word prophets wrong. Um, but just this idea of like he was revealed specifically um, so maybe through the prophets, maybe through like the Shekinah glory, like the Ark of the Covenant, like certain ideas like that, like Christ coming down, like that's a big one right there. But like he's revealed himself, but even his word, like his word is a form of special revelation that has been given to us that now we can try and uh, learn and understand. Yeah, the way I simply put it is that general revelation is God expressing who he is and his characteristics through creation. So you look around you see creation has some order, it has control, it's not chaotic, it's not just blowing up on itself, it's fine-tuned. So we know that God is orderly. We also know that God knows beauty because we look at the flowers, we look at the animals, they're created beautifully and, and uniquely from one another. So we could take some characteristics like that. Special revelation, as you said, is God directly telling or revealing or speaking to man about who he is, his plan. Uh, that's going to be key in the New Testament because the mysteries of God in the Old Testament was, well, how, what is he going to do? What is his kingdom coming like? Who's this Messiah? What will he do? In the New Testament, Paul says, hey, no, these mysteries have been revealed. We know about them because God said, hey, I've revealed them to you through my son Christ. And this is, this is what's going to happen. 
So yeah, uh, special revelation is more direct. General revelation is through creation. It's a good way to remember those. All right, and what else? Uh, so we hit the idea that the Bible is inspired and inerrant, which means that, you know, it got, it's God-inspired, it's God-breathed. Like, he uh, passed down these writings through uh, specific authors, that way we could uh, understand. And then the idea of inerrant being, like, without flaw. So there's, there's no uh, contradictions, there's no things that you would be able to pick apart and decide, like, oh, well, this isn't true. Because we kind of talked about this idea. If there's one flaw in the Bible, that means that you can pick apart anything. Like if, oh, if you take one thing and say, well, this is wrong, then you could start saying that about every single thing. Before you know it, the whole thing is wrong. So it's either it's either all right or n none of it's right. And I think that's a good idea to remember. And then also this final idea that God used language to reveal himself to humanity. So he didn't use, he could have used, I guess, other uh, means of uh, doing so. But the way that he did was using symbols and ideas to present uh, his word and what they mean originally. Yeah, and if you actually think about it, the Ten Commandments, which we usually labeled, are actually the Ten Words. Mm -hmm. So it's actually very cool there. Uh, you have God using language, uh, I like that, to reveal himself to humanity. And he does. I mean, he speaks to us through words. He speaks to Isaiah through words. Um, but yet, you also have this really cool idea that God gives words to writers to write down yeah. um, directly. And God spoke, or thus says the Lord. It's language. Uh, and then going back to the Bible is inspired and inerrant. Yeah. The original manuscripts that, man, the, the prophets and the, the writers of the New Testament did, these guys were carried away by the Holy Spirit. It, first, first Peter or second Peter says that, yeah, they were under the influence of the Holy Spirit. They didn't do this of themselves, but God used them through their own characteristics to record these events and to write these words down. So it's really pretty cool. Uh, so inspired and inerrant. Yeah. Two, two key truths definitely to understand there as we go into this. All right, Jacob. So before we start finishing up here, uh, are there any other things that we need to un understand or what do we need to know to wrap up here? Yeah. So uh, wrapping up with this whole idea of like introducing Bible study methods and why it's important. And then these presuppositions that we talked about, like, it's important to uh, think through the idea of, like, if these presuppositions are true, which we as Christians know that they are, then studying the Bible, like, as we go through, like, these ideas will be supported all throughout Scripture. Like, we don't have to be afraid to inspect God's Word. And I put that in air quotes, the word inspect, because, like, we don't have to fear that we're going to find an error. Because if we believe all these are true, then everything that we do moving forward in studying God's Word is just going to, like, line up and we'll be able to further understand because we're believing in these presuppositions. So moving forward, we're going to talk about like, oh, it's kind of the same thing that we talked about with the Hittites and David, like were there problems that uh, were presented that the Bible was able to resolve? Like, you know, people would try and point out, oh, this was a flaw. This isn't true. Um, and how the Bible actually was correct. And then kind of just going forward from there, um, other presuppositions, and then eventually getting into observing, interpreting, and applying the Bible and seeing why that's important. All right. Well, we want to thank you guys for joining us again today for our youth ministry podcast. We want to encourage you to come out to Sunday school to continue to learn more about how to study the Bible and this big fancy term hermeneutics. And we want to encourage you to come out. We'll see you at 930 on Sunday mornings. We hope that you guys have a great rest of your week and may God bless you. Bye.